When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a special Tuesday night episode of the Loud Pedal Podcast. I am Michael Clark Griswold with my trusty co-host, The Mouth, Brian Hustlinger. What's up? And tonight, we have a very special guest for you, driver of the Shark Racing 1S, Logan Shuhart. Welcome to the show, Logan. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we're spearing in February here. Uh, dirt car nationals getting ready to start. So how, how pumped up are you to get the season started? Oh, I'm always ready to race, man. It's, uh, I always say it at the end of the season, you know, I'm ready to keep racing. It's always nice to be home for a little bit, but uh, I'm never really do- ready to be done racing. So, uh, it's been a, you know, all season always goes quick, but it feels long at the same time. You know, it's nice to kind of build things back up. You know, the guys in the shop, Ron, uh, has been working his butt off, you know, building everything up, getting everything ready to go. And um, Ben, he's been he's been doing a great job. And uh, my stepdad, Bill, with uh, just everything behind the scenes. So and my grandpa's wheels are always going 100 mile an hour. So it's uh, we're ready to go. I'm ready to race for sure. And, uh, you know, this place was good to us last year. And uh, it's just nice to be back in Florida. It's a little cold in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cold here in the Northeast. Um, you know, the, the World Outlaw schedule is, uh, very grueling schedule just by looking at it. How how do you keep yourself pumped up and motivated to race, you know, 90 plus times a year over, you know, 30 plus states? Uh, it's something you grow accustomed to, really. It's, uh, you know, I, when I first left home, you know, I've always been a homebody. It's something that I didn't always, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say enjoy, but I just, you know, kind of miss him and I still miss him a little bit, but I just, you know, I love the lifestyle and, and racing and, you know, what I've always wanted to do and just getting behind you know, that race car and racing with the best drivers night in and night out. And, and, you know, just sometimes having, you know, that edge to be able to come out on top, makes you, it gives you that drive to want to come back and do it again. But, uh, every year, you know, especially this year, you know, it's the best I've ever felt, the best I've felt coming into a season so i'm just you know more than excited you know it's hard to come up with the words and you know try not to use the word excited but it's i'm just ready to get going and, and get back inside the race car for sure is it, is it tough being out on the road like i mean are you are you basically living in like the toter home like the entire year if you guys have like a break do you get hotels you come back home if you're close enough or how's that all work out uh, I've been fortunate enough the last few years to to have a motorhome on the road to, to pull our merchandise trailer. So my my girlfriend and I this summer uh, live in that with our with one of our dogs. We actually have two of them, but um, and she sells the t-shirts and, and merchandise along with my mom when she comes out in the road. So um, pretty pretty fortunate. But the guys stay in either the the toter home or uh, we usually get one hotel room, and some of the guys will stay in there, and some of them stay in the toter home. So. Definitely life on the road isn't for, you know, isn't for everybody. I mean, we try to tell that when we have new guys uh, that are looking to maybe come out on the road because it's not the lifestyle that a lot of people imagine 
uh, when they think about the World of Outlaw Tour. So there's a lot of pros, and um, you know, but there's also some cons of being away from home, and uh, it's a pretty li- rough lifestyle sometimes, and it can wear on you, but it's, uh, it's a pretty awesome adventure at the same time. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun to do at least once. Um, you know, in such in such a big series, you know, like the World of Outlaws and, and the, the cost of racing nowadays, um, you know, not even just racing, but just everything in general is so freaking expensive. Um, obviously, sponsorship is extremely important. Um, and Dryden came on board with you guys a couple years ago. Um, how has that helped you guys grow as a team? Dryden's been huge for the, the growth of our race team, uh, you know, since 2018. You know, Dave Klinger, uh, Al Johnson, you know, my stepdad, Bill, uh, you know, and the whole Dryden team has been awesome for us to, to kind of grow Shark Racing and also grow the Dryden name at the same time. So, um, so, you know, all the success that we've had in the last, you know, few years, three, four years is, is you know, big part of that has been with due to the help that Dryden has brought to Shark Racing and um, definitely wouldn't be where we're at today without him. Logan, do you still consider yourself a PA posse guy, though you're with the World of Outlaws full-time? <laughs> I uh, I like the term PA outlaw. You know, I'm proud of Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. So it, yeah. All right. <laughs> I like being from Pennsylvania. I love what, you know, getting my start at, you know, Trailways, Lincoln, Williams Grove, and all those places. And mm-hmm. um, nothing would mean more to me than, you know, being so close to winning the National Open last year and how it taken mm-hmm. away, kind of. You know, I really hit home and really sucked, but, um, I, you know, I feel, I feel like I'm going to be in this for a long time and I plan on, you know, coming back and really just getting a win at home in general would, would mean the world to me. So let alone like a national open or something like that. So, um, and we did have, you know, we got a win at Port Royal a, a few years back, but, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's not the same as home to me as what a win at Williams Grove or Lincoln, uh, somewhere like that would be. So, uh, hopefully we can get that done in the future. Um, obviously every, every sprint car driver wants to win the Knoxville Nationals and, and the Kings Royal, you know, two big prestigious races. Outside of those two races, what's, what's a big race that you have your mindset to that you'd want to win? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. You know, we've been fortunate enough to win the Jackson Nationals the last few years and we're getting more and more of these big races. You know, sprint car racing in general is, really growing and it's it's awesome to see awesome to be a part of um you know just in the short time that i've been out on the road you know this would be my well i guess not that short you know this would be my ninth year uh being on the outlaw tour but uh in that amount of time how much it's grown you know between dirt vision um and just you know the big paying races you know the outlaws are making the points system bigger this year so it's 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 all grown it's it's awesome to see as a driver so um, you know, I just want to be consistent. I want to be there at the end of the year, have a good shot to win the points. But uh, any of those big races, you know, you got the historical big one coming back this year. You know, yep. I, I love where I think it's hard. You know, I was actually talking with some friends here while I'm out to eat that, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, when people ask what's your favorite track, I don't hear many people, you know, most of those answers are usually Eldora. But, right. uh, you know, so any win there would mean a lot to me. You know, it's a very, very close second at the Knoxville Nationals, but, 
and and the national open just because that's always been you know third in line as the third biggest race and you know we're having like i said all these other big races uh popping up here in the last few years but to me that was always third on the list as far as crown jewels and it's it's you know it hits home so uh that would mean a lot to me to win that now you've raced over uh down under there in australia is that correct I did for about three years for John and Vicky Weatherall. How was that experience for you? What's it? What's it like? Yeah, all right. Obviously, another country racing against uh, other sprint car drivers. Do they have same styles as here? Different? They remind me a lot of uh, the California racers, kind of the West Coast style of racing. Um, their racetracks are similar. The tracks out there, you know, none of them, at least the ones that I've been to, were anything like what we have back home in Pennsylvania. They're all very similar to what you have in California. And uh, the drivers kind of reminded me of California drivers, but um, it was awesome. I think that the fans were really cool. They, you know, they treated all the American drivers, um, you know, you know, very happy to have them there. And um, it, was, it was a very cool experience. I really enjoyed going over there and, and racing with for John and Vicky or, um, I was very close to and, you know, still stay in contact with at times. And, um, it's, uh, I met a lot of friends over there. So, you know, Chris and Tyler Shallow helped on the race car over there. So, uh, Benny Griffin, who actually came to the States and, and helped us for a year or two. And, um, uh, Lucky's actually helped Jacob for a little bit. He's, um, you know, not quite in that area, but he's going to come back over again this year. So, um, a lot of friends and you know that are really into sprint car racing and um it's pretty cool when you think about how far away australia is that we have so many mm-hmm. things in common now when you when you go over there and race um obviously you're doing it in the off season here but does that kind of like when you when you leave australia and you come back to the states and i'm sure the season over here is getting ready to amp back up and so does it are you like exhausted at that point or is it just like the the adrenaline of getting the race car is so high that you don't even care. Um, I, uh, you know, I didn't really feel that way. You know, I, like I said, I enjoy my time at home and we are going a lot. So, um, the first year I went over, I took a good bit of time away from the holidays. So I didn't feel like I was going to do that again. It was kind of an experience of, you know, being over there, which was a really awesome experience. Like I said, um, you know, I liked it change it up and maybe do the chili bowl in a you know a few years and kind of um you know spend some time at home but then you know start the season off with doing the chili bowl and and just kind of mix it up but um yeah i'm not never saying i'm not gonna not gonna go back but uh it was definitely an awesome experience and i enjoyed and and you know being able to do it now now speaking of the uh the chili bowl do you have any experience in a midget (laughs) no i don't that's one one uh, I'd, I'd like to kind of run one somewhere else before I go to the Chili Bowl, and I haven't had that opportunity yet. Yeah, I mean, uh, who else? Uh, Briggs Danner just jumped in a midget out there this year yep. with with no experience, so I think he'd be all right. Yeah. Uh, so the chances, not the chances, when when Kyle Larson hooks up to race with you guys, do you, do you go down to his pits to try to get into his head on purpose? Anything, any shenanigans like that going on? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that would bother him too much. <laughs> He's a smart race car driver. He's very good at what he does. Everybody, that. Um, really, anything that he gets in. But no, I hope he sticks around. You know, I, I, uh, 
you know, I think it's cool what he does and goes back and forth between all these different race cars. And, um, you know, I want him to stick around because, you know, I'd like to race against him. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, what drives me is I want to be the best sprint car driver I can be. And, you know, beating guys like him is, um, you know, unless you earn that, you know, earn that respect and, you know, earn that title. So, uh, without him being there, you, you could win a bunch of races, but then people are always going to say, well, you know, the best, you know, best guys weren't there. So that's, that's why I like racing with the world of outlaws and, uh, it drives me to, to, to want to be better and, and be the best out there. Now, what's the, uh, what's like the average pay on a world outlaw? Like Brian and I, we, we're both huge, uh, big block modified fans, obviously. That's the whole reason we started the show was, but we've expanding out and we're, we're sprint car fans, but we're kind of new to it. Um, so what, what's the average payout for a world outlaw race? Is it 10 grand? Is that kind of like the, your uh, yeah, base pay? Like I said, they're starting to, there's a lot more bigger paying races, but the lowest paying race is 10,000 to win. And uh, actually one of the things the outlaws did this year, they're, you know, they have for their full-time guys, they have bonuses for um, if you're the top outlaw, it's a, uh, a thousand, you know, a thousand bucks top outlaw. And then, um, for the 12 spots after that or 11 spots after that, it's $500 for, um, each outlaw that's, you know, the highest 11. So they have bonuses now and they, like, they, they keep, just keep making the sport bigger and better. Now, do you guys have to sign a contract? Like our, our dirt modified guys have the super dirt car series and they all have to sign a contract. What is it called? Like the capital one something or other. The Platinum Series, whatever the hell it is, do you guys have to do anything like that? Yeah, we have to sign a Platinum Agreement at the, at the beginning of the year saying we're a Platinum member. Is, yeah, that's it, yeah. Now, is that um, is that basically just locking you into the series, and and uh, does it allow you to race other series as well? Like, can you still run, like, the All-Star Circuit Champions? No, you're not. That's one of the Outlaws' rules, is, and that's what people – usually don't understand they get all up in arms at least once a year with you know some other big race going on mm-hmm. and, and you sign that agreement and uh, i mean i could run these races in georgia this weekend if we want to because it's before the outlaw season starts and then even sometimes say uh if we if there's an outlaw event at a track and um it's not within a week of of the outlaws racing there um we can go run another race if we get permission, but uh, we're really not allowed to run any other races other than outlaw races unless we get permission. So um, if there's not an outlaw race there at all that year, then there's we are not allowed to run it. No, I mean, you're running like 90-some races with the outlaws anyway, so I don't really yeah. see, foresee you having a whole lot of extra time to hit uh, other races. No, there's not a whole lot of extra time, but if you ever met my grandfather, if there is an opportunity, he's going to want to do it. <laughs> now, 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 how does that work being out on the road all the time? Like, I'm sure at some point you guys run out of parts. Is it something you just have them shipped to, like, a track and you pick them up from a track or, or someone drives them out to you and meets you somewhere? How does that work? Uh, if we really need it, we have somebody bring some parts out to us. Um, you know, we have some friends and family that, um, you know, are, older retired or you know it just depends on who's out there at the time but uh we have a trailer that's really designated for that but uh not too often you know we basically have rolling garages between jacob and i's uh haulers and they're made to be on the road for months at a time so uh not very often unless we really have problems does that happen oh thanks uh so 
Oh, go yeah, ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Does that include chassis too? Yeah. So the way our our haulers are set up is uh, we have the car that we're racing, which we call our primary car, and then there's uh, a spare car up top, which could be pulled down, say, if you crash in warm ups or something, yeah. and needs you know top wing put on it, uh, wheels and tires, and uh, some, maybe some shocks, and it could be ready to roll. So um, that one's basically ready to go. And then there, there's what we call a kit car up in the very top front of the trailer. And uh, that has a body, maybe a steering, um, your brake lines, stuff like that. It just doesn't have a front end, a rear end. That way, you know, if we had a bad weekend, we could build something that week. It's not necessarily going to be ready to go um, that night, but we could build it during the week or the next day or, or whenever that is. So I was, I was uh, Brian and I were talking before, uh, before the show and I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure they have like two cars ready to go and then enough parts in the truck to build a third car. So I was, I was pretty damn close. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what's the, if, if somebody was to go out to build a sprint car right now from the whole thing from bottom to top, What's what's your cost if you were paying out of pocket to com- build a complete sprint car, race ready, ready to go? Uh, you know, I'm not always involved in the, in the numbers to the T, but um, if you went and bought a brand new engine from, uh, you know, most of these engine builders, you know, they vary a little bit, but I'd say sixty-five to seventy-five thousand is what a brand new, like top of the line four ten would go for, and. Um, the car itself, I'd say, you know, depending on what, you know, how, the quality of parts and you're putting on it, but they're getting pretty expensive nowadays too. I'd say twenty-five to thirty-five thousand, so they're pretty expensive. And that's and a and a good good motor is what making around nine hundred horsepower. Yeah, I mean that's always, you know, they'll tell you different things on that too, depending on what dyno you put them on. But yeah. Anywhere between 900, 950 horsepower and 700, 750 foot-pounds of torque, somewhere in that area. Now how how hard is it to control 900 horsepower on, on let's say, like a small quarter-mile track? Yeah, I mean, if you ever talk to my grandfather or Michael Newman, he'd be good to have one here. He can tell you, you know, exactly how our uh, our program has gone. We started built different engines for different racetracks or, you know, have different heads different motor for certain types of the year depending on the air quality or uh you know whether we're going to a quarter mile or a big half mile but uh we have different engines for different tracks so it's uh that's something we built our engine program around oh so it's basically basically per, like pretty much like pulling some power out of the motor because you're not going to need 900 horsepower for a quarter mile type thing no and we and we do uh actually ron he's we've gotten pretty good with that earlier you know all the teams do it there's everybody has different ways of doing it some of it's knocking you know knocking timing around or um some people do it with nozzles or they do it with headers or uh do it with air filters to kill the power when the track gets slick but uh everybody has a little bit different ways of doing it or they might do all of them together but um when you do that you can i don't know if i said stacks they mess with the stacks and you can really you know, detune a motor and kill a lot of power out of it, but it, you know, it has pros and cons of doing it. And, um, you know, there's certain ways that we do it that a lot of, a lot of other people don't. That's interesting. Um, uh, this, this is a question that we ask every driver that comes on the show. Um, your Mount Rushmore of racing, it could be any driver, any class, living or deceased. 
what four drivers would you put on your Mount Rushmore racing? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I've always been a sprint car guy. You know, that's my, what I've, you know, I, I like racing in general or love racing in general, but I've always been a sprint car guy. So I've looked up to the greats and sprint car racing, but uh, I respected, you know, all forms of racing. But I, you know, it's hard to beat guys like Steve Kinzer and, and Sammy oh, Lindau. My my grandfather's always going to be at the top of my list just because of the way he did it and um, how he did it and how he continues to do it. So he's always going to be on the top of my list, and um, I always I always respect all those guys. Um, I know you're you're a sprint car guy through and through. Um, here in the Northeast, you know, our big block modifieds, you know, they're doing the same thing as the world of outlaws and stuff. And they're, they're starting to pay a lot more money and the purses are getting bigger. If the opportunity ever arose, would you climb behind the wheel of a big block modified? Sure. So the opportunity was there and somebody, you know, wanted to put me in and I'd give her a shot. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll ask around for you. All right. Yeah, we were just talking to uh, Randy Williamson from Bicknell Chassis last night, so, you know, we'll set something up. All right, sounds good. <laughs> See, he's a, that's, he's a racer, and he yeah. don't care. Yeah, whatever. It's got four wheels and moves. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, Logan, we uh, we appreciate you taking some time out with us to answer a couple of our questions and stuff tonight. Uh, we know you have a very busy schedule coming up. Uh, before we let you go, is there anybody you'd like to thank? Sure, I didn't really get a chance to. Today we announced actually our partnership. Some of some of y'all have seen photos at the the Philly Philly show of our race car and what it's going to look like this year. But um, just this past year, you know, a company named Relidine bought out the Dryden name. I talked a little bit about our our sponsorship and partnership with them the last few years. But uh, we're Relidine is is now the. Uh, Owns Dryden and, uh, you know, very happy to have them on board and continue our sponsorship, uh, going over to the Relidine company and, uh, and, and their, their oil Duramax. So, um, you know, one of their sayings is they control the last mile for their customers. And, uh, we want to bring that along to kind of say the same thing. Like we're, uh, doing the same thing in racing. So it's great to have them and, uh, be able to promote them and, and do the same thing that we did with Dryden for the last couple of years. And, uh, just continue to grow the name. Um, speaking of uh, the motorsports show, um, I did did see uh, Bridgeport on the front wing. There's a little bit of a partnership going on with uh, Doug Rose and Bridgeport Motorsports Park this year. Yeah, we're uh, you know won the race last year, so we're excited to come back and um, hoping to be able to do the same thing again. So hopefully we can draw a crowd, uh, make the event bigger this year, and uh, you know show everybody what the world of outlaws is about so i know it's uh it's all big block country up there but uh hopefully we can make a, the, the world of outlaws sprint car show uh just as big or bigger this year and, and and bring everybody out so there's a lot of a lot of you know great partnerships we have with the shark race and people that put our team on the racetrack and um you know i don't want to forget all the rest that, that are out there like cnd rigging uh you know kevin and doug have been with us for a few years and uh, really awesome people that uh, have them out at as many races as we do. And, um, you know, NGK Spark Plugs has been with us for a few years. Uh, Hector with Williams Grading, uh, L&M Tire and Wheel is a new partner this year. So, uh, it's just, you know, looking forward to get back to the track and have them there with us and, uh, just be able to represent everybody. 
it takes it takes a lot to get one of those teams moving. So uh, glad you got all the help you need there. Uh, but thank once again, thank you for coming on, and uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward in the 2022 season. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Logan. All right, Logan. That was Logan Shuhart. Logan Shuhart. The Posse Outlaw. The Posse, the P-A-L. Or P-A-L. Is that what he called himself? P- yeah, P-A-L. That was cool. I like that. that was, yeah, that, that, I, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's all right. All right. Of course, everybody... It is cool to see a local guy. Well, I mean, he's pretty local to me. Hanover is not like two hours from me, so it's in the northeast. He's from like so. Yeah, absolutely. David Gravel's probably a couple hours from me. He's northeast. He's representing the northeast. Oh, so was he from New York? He's from Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. Oh, wow. So wow. I see. I see the northeast uh, represented, and these guys, Gravel and Shuhar, are very good drivers too. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of your outlaw guys are like West Coast guys, or Dakotas. Oh yeah, well yeah, Donnie Shots is from North Dakota. Indiana. Indiana, yeah. Usually you don't get a whole lot of you usually don't get a whole lot of guys from the Northeast. So no, that's that's so cool to no, see. No, you don't. That's no, cool. you don't. I mean, you got you got Logan, you got his uh, family, his relative Jacob yeah. Allen, who's from Hanover. Just his, yeah, just the history of. Uh, the Allen family in racing period is something. Yeah, yeah. So now that's legendary. That's awesome. I just don't know how those guys race for that. I mean, that they just basically said it's like him and his girlfriend have a motor coach. So I take it they take turns driving. Maybe after the race she drives to the that. It, dude, they're on the go. You know yeah. that. Like sometimes, like yeah, we gotta be at Hagerstown tomorrow night. Like yeah, John yeah. maintenance. John maintenance is on the cars and, and shopping center parking lots and <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, you know? yeah, crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's just such it's a really good. That shows the desire, the the desire of at least Logan. Anyway, uh, most of them, all of them, probably that. That's it's in his blood. There's hands down, it's in his blood. His desire to go out and win. And it, race it has. And, it has to be to, to race. Yeah, that I much. mean, to, yeah, to do something like even Matt Shepard doing 115 races. Yeah. I, I mean, it's competitive, and I like to win, and I love to race, dude. Okay. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, that's such a long season. February to November. Yeah. February to November. That's two months off. There's two, there is like we were talking about. It. it seems like uh, when we talked to Matt, it seems like he's right though. It seems like the um, off season's really just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Smaller, right? Shrinking. Yep. Next thing you know, we're going to be we're, next thing yeah. you know, we're going to be racing January in like Puerto Rico or something. <laughs> yeah, just because cause we want to. <laughs> yeah, like we're hey, well, hey, well, you never know. It Dale heading over to Australia. It's going to happen. I know. It. Yeah. Well, uh, let's do Indiana first. It's a little more feasible for, for at well, least for me to make. Well, the problem with Indiana is the, is the cold weather. I know. Well, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you're not going out Midwest in the the winter. No, no, no not at all. But so uh, no. yes, yeah, so no, so it's not going to happen. I know Logan was talking about making the Bridgeport show bigger this year. I don't know how much bigger it can get. It took me an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot last year. Oh, that, everybody wants to go see them. That place was packed. Those cars parked down along the side of the oh, road yeah. out, oh, outside yeah. of the track. Oh yeah, that place was packed. We used to go to Orange County on the side, like. I went so by my. Yeah, so, 
Okay. Yeah, don't even bother I went, leaving. <laughs> I went to the World Outlaw race by myself. I didn't go with anybody. And uh, I put my, I got there early. I put my seat up in the bleachers. And I came back, and the whole place is because I was in the pits talking to Krejci, and the whole pit, the whole grandstands is packed, and there's just my seat. Yeah, it's like, where did you, you all come from? And like, what time is yeah. here? Like, five minutes? Luck, I just left five minutes ago. Luck, luckily, uh, this older uh, couple was sitting next to me, and they were so nice. They were talking to me the whole night. Uh, the guy, he used to race when he was younger and stuff. It was actually it was a really cool night. It was very, uh, really enjoyable experience. Just the traffic sucked. Oh, yeah. Anytime you go to one of them shows, it's like... Well, yeah, and it's, it was the Outlaws with the Modifieds. So you got two, yeah, you got two uh, premier headline divisions. classes, yeah, headline yeah. classes racing. You know what I mean? So, and everybody's waiting around for the end of the race because they open the pits so they can go back and see the outlaw guys, and, yeah. which is and, a cool experience to do. It's really cool. That's why I buy the pit pass so I get in there and I can do that before and leave when yeah. everyone else is in the pits yeah. after the race. Yeah, and it, yeah, and that, that's why we do our pit walk to show you the behind the scenes. Yeah. So when me and Mike get to go do our pit walks coming, if you're going to Georgetown in March and be Orange County in April, like the who's who is all going to be there. So it's going to be a pretty badass pit walk. Yeah. May even try to talk to a few guys, you know. Yeah, maybe get some hidden cameras going on, see what the really is going on underneath the cars, you know, stuff, fun stuff. Yeah, hidden, hidden camera under Matt Williamson's yeah. cars so you can see yeah. where he's hiding the nitrous bottles and stuff. Also, I'll, I'll get something, I'll palm it, I'll, like, hey, Matt, thanks for coming on the show, and I'll pat him on the back, and then we got him. Done. We'll, we'll Done. go to Brandon Kroll, and then, all right, we're late, but that's it. Done. I would like to get some, some more sprint car shows this year. Uh, I might. I'm definitely going to Eastern Storm. Well, so I'll see what Bloomsburg has, because it's two hours away from me, and... Yeah. Uh, I've seen sprint cars here in New York, and it's it's okay. I've seen some good races, but it's you got to go obviously like to a sprint car track. Bridgeport, yeah, to a sprint car track. Yeah, well, sprint cars at Bridgeport before they redid it was boring as hell. Yeah, so actually, I, actually, you know what the the World Outlaw race at Bridgeport, I think in 2019, when they had it was still the big track, but they had the three eighths mile track in the middle, so they actually yeah. had, they had three tracks at one point yep. in time. That yep. outlaw race was really was awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah it was, was awesome. Really good. Unfortunately, Danny Dietrich won, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, but you know what? I, what are you gonna do about that, dude? But, but I, I'd rather <laughs> have win than Donnie shot. So, yeah, take the lesser of two evils, I <laughs> yeah, guess, yeah. right? Yeah, but that I mean, race I, was amazing. That was such a good race. I tried to do at least one. I tried to do at least one sprint car show a year, whether it be a four ten race or a URC or whatever. Yeah, I like URC. URC is fun to watch. They'll be. I think they're on the schedule. This the small block race of Eastern States this year, which is like that's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> URC at yeah. Eastern States weekend. Yeah, is on that, Saturday. I thought they, they all, were going on a Friday. I thought that they, was weird. Have they always been on the Eastern States weekend schedule? No, no. The first time. No. That's, that is weird. I believe so, yeah. I, I feel like sprint cars at Orange County would be boring. A big flat I track. You want? Yeah, but it, they it's fly. All, it's all, oh yeah, my yeah, god! They, they, yeah, they fly. Yeah, around. they get yeah they get strung out. They get strung yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it's like watching them on uh, Bridgeport when that big track. It's like yeah, or Williams Grove. 
they get strung out and get single yeah. file. It's like, mm, okay. I'd rather well, see them like, like on a three eighths or something like that. It was a little more. Yeah. I think a half mile is too big for sprint cars. I like the three eighths. I always like, that's like the perfect size. You know, I bet you Outlaw Speedway, the sprint cars would be fun to watch. That's a racy four tenths mile. Yeah, they had the All-Stars been up there. Yeah, I think they're going back this year, too. And they said, uh, they said they're pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to watch, I'm, I'm going to go watch the All-Stars this year at Bridgeport. That's right. You got all kinds of goody stuff going down, down there. Yeah, I just got to go to Bridgeport. Doug gets everybody. L- like, literally. Literally everybody. He's he has every class got, of cards there. He's oh. got super late models coming this year, uh. Well, UL, ULMS, I think he probably has a URC show in there somewhere. I'm, well, I imagine you. At the URCs, there four or five times. Yeah, so I'd love uh, to go to the URC show there. Uh, he's you got probably what, he's East, East Coast. Coast. Is there a bunch? Uh, uh, Eastern the, Storm. Eastern Storm, the Mid Atlantic uh, 305 sprint cars goes there a bunch. Yeah. Um, speedsters are there a bunch. Uh, you know, he's, I mean, Doug's a sprint car guy. He loves sprint cars. So obviously he's, uh, brought a lot of sprint car racing into modified territory, which. Not wrong with that. No, I, I like the, the diversity in the racing. You know, I like it all. Unfortunately, he's bringing the, the Inca mods this year. Oh my God. They'll be at the Doug Hoffman race. Really? Why? Yeah, that, that I don't know. Those things are dumb and ugly and not entertaining. No, not at all. I mean, you know, it's just like, it's like a late model on drugs. I don't even know. Street stock in, I've had a love child. That's what this thing is with a crate motor in it, I think, or uh, whatever they put. I don't even know what. I don't even is. know what motor's in them. <laughs> no, neither do I. Yeah, they're just so ugly and not cool. Yeah, no, totally not cool. Not a fan. But there's like, isn't there like some kind of Inca class or series between New York and Pennsylvania? I think like some new series that popped up. I want to say yes, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll take your word for it. Sure. Yeah, I think there is. Like, yeah, I don't follow those stupid ass things. I. I can't. They're big. They're huge in the Midwest. Oh yeah, Midwest and West Coast. Yeah, so it's like they're all over, all over, the, pretty much all over the country except the Northeast. Because we have our own mod. We have yeah, modified. They're, they're they're big down in Florida too. You know, look at Buzzy Rudiman still racing them down there and winning too. Yeah, and winning. Yeah. So they're. I just don't understand the difference. There's like Inca mods and there's UMP mods. Then there's I like, don't know. Then there's B I, I mods. It's like. I don't know. It depends who you call it. Maybe the IMCA and UMP, I'm assuming, would be sanctioning bodies. Yeah, yeah, probably. IMCA's the oldest sanctioning race car body in the world, is IMCA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I forget, like, way back in the 1900s. Right before uh, World War One. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was pre-World War One. It's actually what started I it's actually what started World War One. They're like right. when they bought those, those are, cars out. They bought those, those cars out. Like, oh, yeah. you, what is that? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh hell no! They're like, oh hell no! We should have blamed Canada for it. We should have. Like, I don't know like, what them Canadians are doing, bringing this stuff down. You know, the Canadians—they're weird. You know that. Yeah. Drinking American beer and 
Yeah, they don't like any, uh, whatever. Like, if it's winter, it's winter like, what, 11 months out of the year, I guess I'll be a little. Yeah, make you a little start. Wackadoo. <laughs> be a little wackadoo. <laughs> wackadoo. But, yeah, wackadoo. Um, so, Monday night we got, we got back, back to back, 410 sprint car drivers coming on the show. Or uh, will be on the show, or did come on the show. Who would have thought? Not me. Who would have thought a Northeast Modified podcast has 410 sprint car drivers back to back? I didn't. Oh, we usually have at least one or two sprint cars, yeah. but they're spread out. Yeah, like last year we had Josh Weller and... Yep. Uh, we had Brady Bacon on, Briggs Danner came on. Well, that was Briggs Danner was the year before. He wasn't last year? I thought he was last year. And yeah, when he was we, last year. No. Oh, beginning of last year. But when mm-hmm. we talked to Briggs, he didn't really have his feet wet yet in sprint car racing. I know. <laughs> yeah, the way he's on now. Who was another sprint car, 410 guy we had on last year, like mid-summer? Or was that Josh Weller? Josh Weller. He was URC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah URC. 2019 champion? Oh. Mayor Stelfox. Oh, Mayor Stelfox, yeah. When Mayor's on last year. Yeah, so we, yeah, we got a handful of sprint car drivers on. Oh, wow. I'll tell you after the show. All right. Um, Speaking of of the show, um, we are looking for an employee. Kind of. Kind of. You're not going to get paid. No, we don't. We don't get paid. You don't get paid. When we make money, you make money. Maybe. Right. So the better you are at your job, the faster you get paid. Yeah. Hello. We are looking for a public relations representative. We don't have. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith. We had Ryan Smith on. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. That was Ryan that was Smith. a good interview too. That was a good interview. Um. So yeah. Yeah, Ryan Smith's really good. And another. How are you listening to that episode, huh? We have no idea what your job will consist of. We do not have your job duties outlined. No, we don't. But we're looking for someone to fill that position. We have, oh, we- Oh, I oh, was me and another person who liked it. So never mind. <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh, so shit, wait, that's so basically, fun. we're waiting for Jim or Jay to be the only one to comment on that. Yeah. And then we're gonna tell him no, Jimmer, We cannot interview Rocky Warner every week. I know. We just can't. We can't. We can't. And we can't oh. even interview. You can't, I, li- I don't I like want to Rocky interview Warner. the guy that works at Midas who changed his oil. I can't, you just can't do that. Yeah. No, Jim and Jay, we cannot interview you. <laughs> yeah. We did that last week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this guy said hi and he kind of waved at Rocky or gave a thumbs up at Fonda. Let's get him. All right, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, actually, it might have been a middle finger. I think he was a Stu <laughs> fan. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been a Friesen fan. Ah, he's just, yeah. <laughs> He's one, yeah, the jump shit from Rocky to Stu. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Jimmer, All right, kids. We, we, we love you, Jimmer. We do. 
we do. We thank you for all your support. Yeah, absolutely. All right, kids. Well, I think that's it for tonight since it's uh, back-to-back episodes. We're tired. We're tired. So we'll be back next Monday with Donnie Kreitz Jr. on the show. And you have been Black Flag. Shut the f*** up!